Welcome to the Tennessee Achieves podcast, dedicated to and inspired by our students who over a decade have broken cycles, conquered obstacles, overcome barriers, and exceeded expectations. In turn, our students have also inspired Tennessee Achieves, a nonprofit designed to increase the percentage of Tennessee students earning a college credential. Operating in partnership with Tennessee Promise, Tennessee Achieves works with thousands of high school students each year as they transition to and through college. We believe successful students result in thriving communities. The Tennessee Achieves podcast will share stories of students, their mentors who provided encouragement, and our countless partners who contribute to this movement, each meant to leave you a bit smarter about transitioning from high school to college and a bit shrewder about navigating college. Here we go. This is Chrissy D'Alejandro, Executive Director of Tennessee Achieves. So excited today to introduce our new podcast and also incredibly excited about our first guest, Ben Sterling, who I've known now for over a decade. Ben was part of the first class of Knox Achieves. We launched Knox Achieves as the precursor to Tennessee Achieves and Tennessee Promise. In 2008, Ben has now worked with Tennessee Achieves for over five years, mostly in the mentor recruitment and retention space, but so excited to be here with him today to share his story. Hey, Ben. Hey, who would think that, you know, we would have an audience large enough to have a podcast for? I mean, I I love it so much. It's insane. So, 10 years ago, I don't know that there would be 10 people to listen to a podcast, and now there's thousands that could so 140,000 people receive a communication from us every week isn't that mind-blowing yeah so I mean it's really awesome to be the first guest I think just being um in that place to be here and and be the guest on the podcast is exciting and it's an honor Last week, we celebrated the 10,000th student enrolling at Pellissippi State Community College, the college in the backyard of then Knox Achieves. It's actually 11,766 students to be exact. And Ben was part of that first class. So I think this is sort of a full circle moment. But at the event, someone asked me if you were my favorite Tennessee Achieves student over the last 10 plus years, and I said yes. I don't know if that's true, but I did say yes to to the person. Hey, I mean, that's an honor too, I guess, considering 10,000 enrollees. I would love to have the confidence of 100% yes, not the question of maybe could be, yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. I mean, no doubt it's a um, full circle moment to see that many students enrolled since my first group, um, which was less than 500 enrolled at the time so which is what a small percentage of the large number that it is today so why don't you start off ben by sharing a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your journey to tennessee achieves yeah um it's interesting to talk about my story because when you look back i was the student that we try to target today. I mean, when you look at my college journey, starting out as the first person in my family to go to college and try to make the navigation, um, 
with parents that wanted me to go, like many of our students that wanted me to go but didn't know what to do, um, coming into contact with Tennessee Achieves and setting the path and setting steps for me was a game changer. And um, it's just so exciting that being able to go from a student in the program and using the, the steps and the path that students have today and now being able to talk to students. Um, like just last night, I was talking to parents and students who reminded me so much of myself 10 years ago that didn't know what was coming, what was next. And I had no idea how to even get to the FAFSA on the website. So um, being able to share my experiences with them and, and coming from a place of experience as opposed to just a place of trying to put yourself in their shoes is really impactful to them because you can share that they're not alone in feeling intimidated by the process um, and being able to instill some of that confidence because I've done it before really is exciting. Um, so I couldn't be more excited as to be a part of it. So Carnes High School graduate, transitioned to Pellissippi State, graduated from there, moved on to Austin P, where you also graduated. Is it safe to say none of that would have been possible without the support that you found, even in those early days when we were trying to figure it out, of Knox Achieves? Yeah, um, it's... When I was a high school senior, um, had you asked my parents about the option of going to college, it would have been likely that um, UT would have been the only option. Not that it's a knock on UT. I just wasn't, um, as I told some people last night, I wasn't academically or emotionally or or my maturity level was not at a level at which I was prepared to enroll at a four-year university. And at that time, had UT not worked out and I hadn't come into contact with Tennessee Achieves, my only other option was not going to college. It was pretty much UT or bust. And the, the likelihood of that bus scenario happening was probably more probable than me actually going to college. So coming in, into contact with Tennessee Achieves and, and starting the getting my wheels turning with Tennessee Achieves midway through my senior year led me to a community college. And had I not landed at a community college, Pellissippi specifically, it's really unlikely that I would have ever earned some sort of college degree. And looking at looking back at it now, I earned two and did so successfully in large part um, because of Tennessee Achieves. Had it not been for that, there's very little likelihood that I would have actually made that transition. Not sure what I would have done otherwise. But walk me through the your mindset at the time. If you can remember 17-year-old Ben working at Gaddy's Pizza Place. Uh, it's scared of college. I know that's probably easier to admit now than 10 years ago. But do you think you were intimidated? Yeah, intimidation is is one thing. I think even then, I think it's a lot like our students now. I wasn't really going to go out of my way to seek out something I didn't know. I was more confident and comfortable in what I did know. I thought I knew more than I actually did. But at that time, I because I wasn't familiar with the college process, um, I wasn't going to actively seek out answers to questions. I'd rather just not have to deal with them. So at the time at 17, had I not had someone basically telling me to go find this document or telling me to go accomplish this step, it's unlikely that I would have ever done it because I would have never gone and found the answers to those questions. I think that applies to so many of our students now, right? That it's just so scary and you think maybe you're the only person on the planet who doesn't know the answer to the question. So it's just easier not to ask the question than to sort of pursue, actively pursue advocacy for yourself. No doubt. That's the difference maker is finding 
um, someone to help you find those questions. You always find the anomaly or the student that's willing to go out of their way to find those answers. But I think more students are like are like I was and just more confident and comfortable being in the unknown and just riding along with where you are and um, working at Gaddy's Pizza for the rest of their life or whatever that job may be um, becomes all too comfortable. And for me, I was th- I'm was i thankful and I was fortunate to, to run into some people that were willing to pull me out of that comfort zone. Yeah, I think the pulling part is so important, yeah. right? Like having someone that it's a gentle nudge, right? That says, hey, we understand you may not know all the answers and you may not even know the questions to ask, but we're going to gently nudge you through this process. I think that pulling piece is is really key. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's something to be said about you don't know what you don't know. And for so many of our students, including me, when you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what next step to take. And when it comes to understanding the process of going to college it's not that complicated but if you don't know where to start it doesn't make any sense to you like if exactly those students last night that I was talking to exemplified that so much because they want to go to college their parents are talking to me about their aspirations of their students going to college but they didn't know how to access FAFSA which is such a, a foundational basic piece of this puzzle but that also is going so hard, it's right? complicated once you get in there but um, just under like just as simple as putting the letters together to spell FAFSA is for a lot of students and families, that's complicated. So um, if, if I come into contact with students today, I always want to reassure them that not knowing that is not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal. Most students don't know. Even the ones that think they know don't know. So it's um, to find yourself to be less than confident about the process is okay because no one really is confident about it, even the people that think they are. It's brave to ask questions. It is. I think that's such a hard lesson to learn as you're navigating any unknown, but to just be brave enough to say, I don't know, but I will seek out others who can help me. That's, I've realized over the last few decades that that is really difficult, but also incredibly brave when you decide that's how you're going to navigate the world. Yeah. Uh, for the students that find themselves successful in this process, most of the time they get to the point of, of having the courage to ask the question. Um, so any students that are thinking about going to college, just understand that it's okay to step out of their out of your comfort zone and ask those questions. I, had, I wish I would have asked questions sooner. I think I found myself behind the ball in college a lot, especially the first year, because I was unwilling to ask um, for help, I was unwilling to ask any really any sort of question um, because I didn't. I thought it may make me appear like I didn't know what I was talking about, and I didn't want. I, I did not want people at that time to view me as incompetent or ignorant or something like that. So I was unwilling to ask questions out of literally just ego driven lack of asking questions, but it also resulted in me being behind and losing my hope scholarship and finding myself in a hole academically that I was able to climb out of because I finally gained some sort of self-awareness and realized that if I'm not going to make it, if I don't ask for help from somebody. And then once you start asking for help, I think it's like anything else. Once you become comfortable in that space of asking for help, it 
becomes easier every time you ask and you feel less in, in, less intimidated by asking for help. And then it really is like momentum for a lot of students. But you just got to get past it at first because so many students are, they, they fear feeling or appearing incompetent in this process. I remember this moment. I was also first generation like you. And I had this moment my freshman first semester in chemistry when I knew that I was not performing at my peak. I was failing, quite frankly. And I mustered up all this courage to walk in Dr. John Bordley's office and say, I don't fail at things. This is really hard for me. Can you help me? And his response was so warm and inviting and he opened his office and his brain to me in a way that when I left that semester I had a really solid B in the class and had I not walked in and had all that courage and bravery I'm fairly certain I would have failed my first semester of chemistry uh But it did, for me, it was like this, uh, to use Oprah's term, this aha moment. When I left, I could put my shoulders down. I was a little, I was breathing a little bit calmer and I felt finally like a college student. Did you have a moment like that? Yeah, I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking there are multiple examples of me feeling that scenario. But um, in particular, there were times um, when I was at Pellissippi in my first couple of years of college where I knew that I was studying something that I wasn't interested in. And I had I not changed that and found something that I was more motivated by and more interested in, I don't know that I ever would have finished college. I was in classes that I was incompetent in. I was in classes that I was never going to put the effort in to figure it out. And had I just stuck with that, I would have never finished. So I would have been like another one of those people that just doesn't have a degree that's halfway there, just isn't finished. Um, so I was willing to ask the question to advisors and say, I, I need something that I enjoy more than this. What can I do different? And they helped me change my major and it put me on a track of studying things that I actually enjoyed. And then I also had this example at Austin P, where I was in a political theory class and if anyone that knows me, theory just isn't my thing. I like tangible ideas. I don't like thinking theoretically about really anything. So here I am in a political theory class and I'm, I'm being expected to write uh, papers that are from a perspective that I just literally was not understanding. And I would write a paper, I would put a week's worth of time into this paper and I would turn it in to the professor and I would, he would hand it back to me and say, this just isn't right. Zero. Like it's not even close to right, not even close to the of close to the topic that I was asking about. And I was like, I, I feel like this is accurate. I thought I was answering your question how you wanted me to. And it took me spending time going to his office, exp- like exposing myself as much to as much vulnerability as I've ever shown in my entire life and saying, I obviously cannot wrap my mind around this concept that you're giving us. And he was willing to work with me on the topic and gave me exact specific examples of how I should write this paper. And I ended up, I think I had a B in the class at the end of the year, but I really struggled through that because I just couldn't wrap my mind around what he was saying. And it took me being vulnerable enough to say, I don't know how to do this. It's just hard for you. I am the the last person on this earth that wants (laughs) to say, I don't know. Um, So for me, had I not done that, 
probably would have graduated a semester late. Had I graduated a semester late, who knows where I would have ended up. So it all, I mean, it all is, it's all a journey, but when it comes to expressing um, vulnerability and being willing to say that you don't know and ask questions, that's the secret to college because somebody wants to help you. I agree. I also think this transition from a community college to a four-year institution also incredibly intimidating for many of our students, right? We survey the students, 85% plus say they want to transition after community college, less than 20% do. What do you think is so intimidating about that process? What, what were your brave steps there? I think when students begin at a community college, they some are intimidated to even go that far to start a community college. I think a lot of students, when they start, especially even on their first day, a lot of stress is relieved. They realize that it isn't that much different than high school. The class setting, in particular, the class setting is very high school-esque. It feels about the same as far as desks and teacher and room size and amount of people there. It all feels very familiar to students when, they, when they're coming from high school to college. And then you hear from your friends that are at UT or at the four-year institution and they're talking about, oh no, I have 200 students in my accounting class. I have 300 students in my English class. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have that. I never had that in any, I don't have any classes with more than 25 people. So as you continue through community college, you remember that. You hear that keeps coming up. I have this many people in my classes. I have to walk this far to class. I have professors that won't talk to me. You hear all these stories from your friends that are at the four-year institutions, and then it comes time, like, okay, I'm done here. I can't take any more classes at Pellissippi. I finally found my groove. It's time to move. So I think for number one, just change in general is is a struggle. But then you hear all those thoughts in your mind that you've heard. You only hear from the students that aren't enjoying it. All the kids that are liking it, they're not even really talking about their experience. It's the students that are having a negative experience that are then coming to you and and expressing their grief. So all you have are these negative connotations, which are really, for me specifically, my transition to a four-year college, I had fewer students in my classes at Austin Peay. I had a class with four people once at Austin Peay. So it's a lot of misconceptions, true or false, it doesn't matter. It, it, it leads to stress and it leads to anxiety and it leads to doubt for a lot of students as they make that transition. So um, really, I, for me, it's just having confidence and again, um, asking questions. If you aren't willing to ask the question, then you never know. But for students as they're stressing about the transition, talk to someone from that college, tell them what you're worried about. They're gonna probably relieve you of those. And advocate with your advisor early, right? Say to your advisor at the community college, my plan is to transition to fill in the blank for your institution, help me get there. I think the sooner the better. You can also do it more last minute, but to make that transition smooth and easy, sooner the better. Would you agree? Yeah. If that's your plan, you need to let people know that that's your plan. Nobody's going to guess it about you. I think I was probably that student that just assumed the world revolved around me, right? And I wanted everyone to, (laughs) um, just everyone just knew what I was going to do, regardless if I told them or not. But that's obviously not the truth. So um, I, I think... Let people know your plan early. Identify the colleges that you want to attend sooner. Go on campus visits. 
If you have questions or are stressed about whatever college you're going to attend, or if you have big overarching issues like big class sizes or large campus or bad parking or don't want to live away from parents, whatever that itch, that situation, or you do want to live away from parents like, like I did, whatever that situation is, express that to your advisor because they want to help you transition to where you're going to be successful. And they don't know that if you don't express that to them. So there's a college that's going to fit what you want. Small class size, big class size, big campus, small campus. Fit's so important. Fit is wildly important. Wildly important. So you transitioned to Tennessee Achieves right at the launch of Tennessee Promise. What's the last five years meant to you? Oh, man. I mean, it's it's meant um, in a, an unbelievable amount of growth. It's meant a family. It's meant new houses. It's meant cars. It's meant, I mean, my life has changed in five years more than I, if you had told me five years ago that I would be in the shape that I'm in now, I would have never have believed you. Good shape. Great, great shape in position. I think I should use the term position, but I would never have believed that in five years I'd have um, five years under my belt in, in a career. I would have a home of my own, a wife and two kids and and cars and just all of these things i considered myself to be somebody that would just be like just hanging on by a thread five years later at, you know when i was a senior in college i just didn't expect to be in this position but the last five years have changed my life i mean there's no way around it um it's changed my perspective on life it's changed my perspective on what work means it's changed my perspective on leadership and it's um if anything, it just makes me more excited for the next five years. Like you, you talk to so many people that are five years into their post-grad life and they're miserable. And, and that's just, I can't imagine being in that shape because for me, it's five years in and I'm more excited about the next five years than I was five years ago. And that's it. I'm, I'm blessed and thankful to be in that position. Um, the, I mean, just for Tennessee Achieves, for taking a risk on um, just kind of um, finding his way Ben at the time was um, probably a risk, but thankfully it's paid off. I think it's paid off for us as well. Really are my favorite student. I was teasing in the yeah. beginning. So wild about Ansley, I think she's just the most darling. Do you think you graduating from college has had an impact on her? Oh, are you kidding? I mean, she wouldn't be... She may not even exist, number one, had I not graduated from college, because I probably would have never found Mallory to begin with. But um, her trajectory was forever changed. Her trajectory, my brother's trajectory was changed. Um, and if, I like to think that anybody that comes into contact with me since I graduated from college, their trajectory changes, because I'm not going to let them get away from a conversation without talking about college and what their next step is. Um, that could be said for Nate, my little brother with big brothers, big sisters. I find it hard to believe that when he started high school that college was the first thing he was thinking about. Um, and he's not going to leave South Dulles campus without stepping foot on a college campus as soon as he can after that because we all know um, the benefits of it. So without a doubt, me graduating from college is the most impactful thing that's ever happened and probably will ever happen to me. Yeah, life-changing. Yeah. Right? I mean, Ansley, my three kids, I always think about how different conversations are than they were in my household, even though I had great supportive parents. Just as a different dynamic, 
Oliver talks about going to college all the time. Ansley is wearing college t-shirts. I see them on the social media. So I love it so much. Okay. So thanks, Ben, for being here. We're going to do, I'm hoping every podcast ends with this sort of three questions. So I'm going to try it out on you. Okay. And we're going to see how it goes. So the first question is, what was your favorite class in college? So... I took you better a, say mine because nope. I was your teacher. Dang. No, I mean, I liked it. It wasn't my favorite. My favorite <laughs> class that I took in college was a photography class. I, I, think, I think of all these classes I took in college and I took away bits and pieces of them. But I took away like a tangible skill from this one class that I took in college that I can now work a camera in a way that I never thought that I would be able to. And it works here at Tennessee Achieves in all the creative space yeah, that you work in. One class that I took because I had to fill out an extra credit hour on my schedule was a photography class. And I look back, it was probably the most impactful class that I took in college. For those of you listening, Ben creates all our in-house materials. And I think they're top-notch and he's self-taught minus this favorite photography class that trumped my political science class at Mississippi. I'm upset about that now. <laughs> uh, if you could have coffee with anyone, who would you have coffee with? Oh, that's a, that's a, oh, a, a tough question to answer. There are so many people. Um, probably my grandfather that passed away. Just one last cup of coffee. Would it be the coffee from the Waggles or would it be fancy coffee? It would be uh, their 50-50 caffeine Amazon brand coffee that they have in their pantry. (laughs) Probably because they can't drink full caffeine coffee, so they call it like like half-leaded coffee. Half-leaded. Got it. And then final of the three questions, if you could change your name, what would you name yourself? This is, I love this question. Mm, I don't know. You can't, that's, that's I'm thinking, I'm thinking. This is not something that I can just answer on a whim because I really... This is forever your name now. I know, I really like my name as it is. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is not the question we move forward Yeah, I don't know that I like this question. Fine, we'll think of I don't know what I would say, <laughs> honestly. I like my name. Yeah, I don't know what I would say either. I'm not wild about Chrissy, but I don't know what I would change it to. Hmm. Nonetheless. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. The guinea pig on the first Tennessee Achieves podcast. This has been so much fun and sort of a bucket list for me, if you will, to really begin sharing our stories. We have 74,000 students who have graduated from the Tennessee Achieves program. And so thrilled to start sharing those with the masses. Thanks, Ben, for being here. Yeah, when you say 74,000, and I was chosen as the first one of those to speak on this podcast, that's humbling for sure. So really appreciate it. I hope everybody finds it to be enjoyable. Thanks so much for joining us.